Airshot 39, Numbers 19, Regulation. Adonai said to Moses and Aaron, This is the regulation from the Torah, which Adonai has commanded. Tell the people of Israel to bring you a young red female cow without fault or defect, which has never borne a yoke. You are to give it to Eleazar the Kohen. It is to be brought outside the camp and slaughtered in front of them. Eleazar the Cohen is to take some of his blood with his finger and sprinkle his blood toward the front of the tent of meeting seven times. The heifer is to be burned to ashes before his eyes. Its skin, meat, blood, and dung is to be burned to ashes. The Cohen is to take cedar wood, hyssop, and scarlet yarn and throw them onto the heifer as it's burning up. Then the Cohen is to wash his clothes and himself in water, after which he may re-enter the camp. But the Cohen will remain unclean until evening. The person who burned up the heifer is to wash his clothes and himself in water, but he will remain unclean until evening. A man who is clean is to collect the ashes of the heifer and store them outside the camp in a clean place. They are to be kept for the community of the people of Israel to prepare water for purification from sin. The one who collected the ashes of the heifer is to wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. For the people of Israel and for the foreigners staying with them, this will be a permanent regulation. Anyone who touches a corpse, no matter whose dead body it is, will be unclean for seven days. He must purify himself with these ashes on the third and seventh days. He will be clean. But if he does not purify himself the third and seventh day, he, he will not be clean. Anyone who touches a corpse, no matter whose dead body it is, and does not purify himself, has defiled the tabernacle of Adonai. That person will be cut off from Israel because the water for purification was not sprinkled on him. He will be unclean. His uncleanness will still be on him. This is the law. When a person dies in a tent, everyone who enters the tent and everything in the tent will be unclean for seven days. Every open container without a cover, closed, closely attached is unclean. Also, whoever is in an open field and touches a corpse, whether of someone killed by a weapon or of someone who died naturally, or the bone of a person or a grave will be unclean for seven days. For the unclean person, they are to take some of the ashes of the animal burnt up as a purification from sin and add them to the fresh water in a container. A clean person is to take a bunch of hyssop leaves, dip it in the water, and sprinkle it on the tent, all the containers, on the people who were there, and on the person who touched the bone, or the person killed, or the one who died naturally, or the grave. The clean person will sprinkle the unclean person on the third and seventh days. On the seventh day, he will purify him. Then 
He will wash his clothes in himself in water, and he will be clean at evening. The person who remains unclean, does not purify himself, will be cut off from the community because he has defiled the sanctuary of Adonai. The water for purification has not been sprinkled on him. He is unclean. This is the permanent regulation for them. The person who sprinkles the water for purification is to wash his clothes. Whoever touches the water for purification will be unclean until evening. Anything the unclean person touches will be unclean, and anyone who touches him will be unclean until evening. The people of Israel, the whole community, entered the Zen Desert in the first month. And they stayed in Kadesh. There, Miriam died, and there she was buried. Because the community had no water, they assembled themselves against Moses and Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses and said, We wish we had died when our brothers died before Adonai. Why did you bring Adonai's community into this desert to die there? We and our livestock, why did you make us leave Egypt to bring us to this terrible place without seed, figs, grapevines, pomegranates, or even water to drink? Moses and Aaron left the assembly, went to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and fell on their faces. And the glory of Adonai appeared to them. Adonai said to Moses, Take the staff, assemble the community, you and Aaron, your brother, and before their eyes, tell the rock to produce its water. You will bring them water out of the rock and thus enable the community and their livestock to drink. Moses took the staff in the presence of Adonai as he had ordered him. But after Moses and Aaron had assembled the community in front of the rock, he said to them, Listen here, you rebels. Are we supposed to bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and hit the rock twice with his staff. Water flowed out in abundance, and the community and their livestock drank. But Adonai said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me, so as to cause me to be regarded as holy by the people of Israel, you will not bring this community into the land I have given them. This is Merva Spring, Disputation Spring, where the people of Israel disputed with Adonai, and he was caused to be regarded as holy by them. Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom. This is what your brother Israel says. You know all the troubles we have gone through that our ancestors went down into Egypt. We lived in Egypt a long time, and the Egyptians treated us and our ancestors badly. But when we cried out to Adonai, he heard us, sent an angel, and brought us out of Egypt. Now here we are in Kadesh, a city at the edge of your territory. Please let us pass through your land. We will not go through fields or vineyards, and we won't drink any water from the wells. We will go along the king's highway, not turning aside either to the right or to the left until we have left your territory. But Edom answered, 
You are not to pass through my land. If you do, I will come out against you with a sword. The people of Israel replied, We will keep to the highway. If we do drink the water, either we or our livestock, we will pay for it. Just let us pass through on foot. It's nothing. But he said, You are not to pass through. And Edom came out against them with many people and much force. Thus Edom refused to allow Israel's passage through this, its territory. So Israel turned away. They traveled on from Kadesh, and the people of Israel, the whole community, arrived at Mount Hor. At Mount Hor, by the border of the land of Egypt, Adonai said to Moses and Aaron, Aaron is about to be gathered to his people, because he is not to enter the land I gave, have given to the people of Israel. Inasmuch as you rebelled against what I said at Meribah Spring, take Aaron and Eleazar his son, bring them up to Mount Hor, remove the garments from Aaron and put them on Eleazar his son. Aaron will be gathered to his people. He will die there. Moses did as Adonai had ordered. He went up onto Mount Hor before the eyes of the whole community. And Moses removed the garments from Aaron and put them on Eleazar his son. And Aaron died there at the top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eleazar came down the mountain. When the entire community saw that Aaron was dead, they mourned Aaron thirty days, the whole house of Israel. Then the king of Arad, a Canaanite who lived in the Negev, heard that Israel was approaching by way of Atarim. So he attacked Israel and took some of them captive. Israel made a vow to Adonai. If you will hand this people over to me, I will completely destroy their cities. Adonai listened to what Israel said and handed over the Canaanites. So they completely destroyed them and their cities and named the place Hormah, complete destruction. Then they traveled from Mount Hor on the road toward the Sea of Suf in order to go around the land of Edom. But the people's tempers grew short because of the detour. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt to die in the desert? There's no real food, there's no water, and we're sick of this miserable stuff we're eating. In response, Adonai sent poisonous snakes among the people. They bit the people, and many of Israel's people died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned by speaking against Adonai and against you. Pray to Adonai that he rid us of these snakes. Moses prayed for the people, and Adonai answered Moses. Make a poisonous snake and put it on a pole. When anyone who has been bitten sees it, he will live. Moses made a bronze snake and put it on the pole. If a snake had bitten someone, then when he looked toward the bronze snake, he stayed alive. The people of Israel traveled on and camped at Ovat. 
from Obat, they traveled and camped at Ihavaran, in the desert fronting Moab on the east. From there, they traveled and camped at Vadi Zirat. From there, they traveled and camped on the other side of Arnon in the desert. This river comes out of the territory of the Amorite. From the Arnon is the boundary between Moab and the Amorite. This is why it says in the book of the wars of Adonai, Bahav Atsufa, the Vadis of Aron. On the slope of the Vadis, extending as far as the site of Ar, which lie next to the territory of Moab. From there, they went on to Be'er, which means well. That is the well about which Adonai said to Moses, Assemble the people, and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing to the well sunk by the princes, dug by the people's leaders with the scepter, with their staff. From the desert they went to Matana, from Matana to Natali, from Natali to Beaumont, and from Beaumont to the valley of the plain of Moab, at the start of the Pisgah range, where it overlooks the desert. Israel sent messengers to Sikon, king of the Amorite, with, with this message, let me pass through your land. We won't turn aside into fields or vineyards. We won't drink any water from the wells. We will go along the king's highway until we have left your territory. But Sikon would not allow Israel to pass through his territory. Instead, Sikon mustered all his people and went out into the desert to fight Israel. On reaching Yahatz, he found Israel. Israel defeated him by force with arms and took control of his land from the Arnon to the Yabok River, but only as far as the people of Ammon, because the territory of the people of Ammon was well defended. Israel took all these cities. Israel lived in all the cities of the Amorite, in Heshbon and all the surrounding towns. Heshbon was a city of Sikon, the king of the Amorite who had fought against the former king of Moab and conquered all his land upon the Arnon. This is why the storytellers say, Come to Heshbon, let it be rebuilt, let Sikon's city be restored. For fire burst out of Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sikon. It consumed Ar of Moab the lords of Arnon, high, Arnon's high places. Woe to you, Moab! You have destroyed the people of Kamosh. He let his sons be fugitives and his daughters captives of Sikon, king of the Amorite. We shot them down. Heshbon is destroyed all the way to Devon. We even laid waste to Nophah, 
which extends as far as the Medina. Thus Israel lived in the land of the Amorite. Moses sent men to reconnoiter Yatzah. They captured its towns and drove out the Amorai who were there. Then they turned and went up along the road to Bashan. And Og, the king of Bashan, marched out against them, he with all his people, to fight at Edrei. Adonai said to Moses, Don't be afraid of him, for I have handed him over to you with all his people and his land. You will treat him just as you did Sikon, king of the Amorai, who lived at Heshbon. So they struck him down with his sons and all his people until there was no one left alive, and then they took control of his land. Then then the people of Israel traveled on and camped in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan River, opposite Jericho. And then we have Judges 11, 1 through 33. Now, Isaac, a brave soldier from Gilead, was the son of a prostitute. His father, Gilead, had other sons by his wife. And when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Yitzhak away and told him. Yitzhak is also known as, well, I guess Yitzhak is Yitzhak, not Isaac. I apologize. You will not inherit from our father because you are another woman's son. And Yitzhak fled from his brothers and lived in the territory of Tov where he enlisted a gang of rowdies who would go out raiding with him. After a while, the people of Ammon made war against Israel. When the army of Ammon attacked Israel, the leaders of Gilead went to fetch Japheth from the territory of Tob and said to him, Come and be our chief so that we can fight the enemy of Ammon. Jephthah answered the leaders of Gilead, Didn't you hate me so much that you forced me out of my father's house? Why are you coming to me now when you're in trouble? The leaders of Gilead replied, Here is why we've come back to you now. If you lead us in war with the people of Ammon, you will be <coughs> head over everyone living in Gilead. Jephthah answered them, If you bring me back home to fight the army of Ammon, and Adonai defeats them for me, I will be your head. The leaders of Gilead said to Japheth, Adonai is witness that we promise to do what you have said. Then Japheth went with the leaders of Gilead, and the people made him head and chief over them. Japheth repeated all these conditions at Mitzvah in the presence of Adonai. Yitzhak sent messengers to the king of the people of Ammon to say, What's your problem with us? Why are you invading our territory? The king of Ammon answered the messengers of Yitzhak, Because Israel took away my territory when they came up from Egypt, 
They took everything from the Arnon to the Yabak and the Jordan. Now restore it peacefully. And Yitzhak sent messengers again to the king of the people of Ammon with this response. Here's what Yitzhak has to say. Israel captured neither the territory of Moab nor the territory of the people of Ammon. But when Israel came up from Egypt, walked through the desert to the Red Sea, and arrived at Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom to say, Please let us pass through your land. But the king of Edom wouldn't let them. He sent a similar message to the king of Moab, but neither would he. So Israel stayed at Kadesh. Then they walked through the desert, through the territory of Edom and the territory of Moab, past the east border of the territory of Moab, and then pitched camp on the other side of the Arnon. But they did not cross the border into Moab of the Amorite, the king of Heshbon, with this message. Please let us pass through your land to our own place, but Sikon did not trust that Israel would only pass through his land. So he gathered all his people together, pitched camp in, in Hazah, and fought against Israel. Adonai, the God of Israel, handed Sikon and all his people over to Israel, and they killed them. Thus Israel possessed all the territory of the Amorai who lived there. They took possession of all the territory of the Amorai from the Arnon to the Yobach and from the desert to the Jordan. So now that Adonai, the God of Israel, has expelled the Amorai before his people, Israel, do you think that you will expel us? You should just keep the territory your God, Kamosh, has given you while we, for our part, will hold on to whatever Adonai, our God, has given us of the lands that belong to others before us. Really, are you better than Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab? Did he ever pick a quarrel with Israel or a fight with us? Israel lived in Heshbon, in its villages, in Arara, and in in its villages, and all the cities on the banks of the Arnon, for three hundred years. Why didn't you take them back during that time? No, I have done you no wrong, but you are doing me wrong to war against me. May Adonai the judge be judged today between the people of Israel and the people of Ammon. But the king of the people of Ammon paid no attention to the message Yitzhak sent him. Then the spirit of Adonai came upon Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, on through Mitzvah of Gilead and from there over to the people of Ammon. Japhak made a vow to Adonai, If you will hand the people of Ammon over to me, then whatever comes out the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the people of Ammon will belong to Adonai. 
I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So Japheth crossed over to fight the people of Ammon, and Adonai handed them over to him. He killed them from Aurora until you reach Minnet. Twenty cities, all the way to Abel, Cranium. It was a massacre, so the people of Ammon were defeated before the people of Israel. Then we have John 3, 1 through 21. John 3, 1 through 21. There was a man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Judeans. This man came to Yeshua by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know it is from God that you have come as a teacher, for no one can do these miracles you perform unless God is with him. Yes, indeed, Yeshua answered him. I tell you that unless a person is born again from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a grown man be born? Can you go back into his mother's womb and be born a second time? Yeshua answered, Yes, indeed. I tell you that unless a person is born from water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born from the flesh is flesh, and what is born from the Spirit is spirit. Stop being amazed at my telling you that you must be born again from above. The wind blows where it wants to, and if you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. That's how it is with everyone who has been born from the Spirit. Nicodemus replied, How can this happen? Yeshua answered him, You hold the office of teacher in Israel, and you don't know this? Yes, indeed, I tell you that what we speak about we know. And what we give evidence of, we have seen. But you people don't accept our evidence. If you people don't believe me, when I tell you about the things of the world, how will you believe me when I tell you about the things of heaven? No one has gone up into heaven. There is only one. There is only the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who trusts in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only and unique Son, so that everyone who trusts in him may have eternal life, instead of being utterly destroyed. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but rather so that through him the world might be saved. Those who trust in him are not judged. Those who do not trust have been judged already, in that they have not trusted in the one who is God's only and unique Son. Now... 
this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, but people love the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their actions were wicked. For everyone who does evil things hates the light and avoids it, so that his actions won't be exposed. But everyone who does what is true comes to the light, so that all may see that his actions are accomplished through God. Thank you, Father God, for a great parashah. Thank you, Father, for showing me how to heal my injury from yesterday. My knee certainly is a lot better, and I'm recovering quickly. I give the glory to you, Lord. I thank you and hope that we can serve you this upcoming week. We uh, are so appreciative of our day of rest. Please be the ruler of our house and send your blessings upon us. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to give you this to you.